0: Yeah. All right, so what we've been doing in this series here is we're in the third week of Advent, the third week of this series that we're calling the name for uh, our hope. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at this prophecy that we find in Isaiah uh, chapter 9, a prophecy that was made 700 years before the birth of Jesus actually took place. And so uh, let's take a look at that again this morning. Here's the prophecy from God through the prophet Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end, He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. This is the foretelling of the hope uh, that we are reminded of as we approach Christmas season Uh, This year and Isaiah gives us the names for our hope here uh, in this prophecy that we've been looking at We talked about last week how amazing it was that God 700 years before uh, the Son of God would come to this earth He would give us these names, He would tell us, He would try to explain to us Who this uh, Jesus, who this Messiah would be to us and what it would mean to us And He would be one who would help us with everything that we would encounter or we would face Or problems that we would have uh, in uh, the, the, these names of Jesus And Isaiah gives us these names for our hope Wonderful Counselor Which we focused on in, in week one Mighty God Everlasting Father Is the one that we looked at last week And then today The Prince of Peace And we're going to focus today on The Prince of Peace And, and, and as I was preparing for this and, and thinking about what we would talk about today I, I began to think I find it interesting uh, that, that in our culture today, people are still drawn to this idea of princes and princesses. I, I mean, if you think about it, uh, for our young people that are here today, and well, maybe even some adults that play video games, and if you're an adult and play video games, I just think that's weird, but hey, if you think you're cool, more power to you. Uh, but anyway, a lot of the video games that come out uh, now, are kind of centered around this idea of kingdoms, the concept of a ruler or or a prince that, you know, enthrones, uh, you know, a lot of fairy tales uh, that we tell our children, uh, a lot of kids' movies, uh, are built around the idea of princes and, and princesses. Little boys are drawn to plastic swords. I mean, a, a little boy can't walk within 20 feet of a plastic sto- sword, and he's picking it up and hitting somebody with it. And, and Christmas is the greatest time of year because those little doot de dooters in the uh, wrapping paper, you know, um, the cardboard thing in the doot de dooters. You know, they're either a trumpet or they're a sword. Uh, a little boy cannot walk by a doot-de-dooder without using it as a sword uh, unfortunately, they don't make them like they used to And you can't hit your sister But just a couple times with them uh, But but boys are drawn to this idea uh, Little girls want to be princesses, right? They want to dress uh, Most girls, not all girls But they want to dress in elegant gowns And wear crowns and all this and, and and this idea of Prince is familiar to us As we're constantly hearing about on the news royalty, right? We had uh, Prince Charles and Prince Harry and, and Prince William that we hear about their lives. Like, we, you know, why do we even give a rip? I don't know, but the whole world seems to care about what they're doing and their children and when they get married and, you know, all these things. Uh, the world's captivated by their lives. Even, you know, most recently was it uh, Prince Harry that married uh, Meghan Markle. And, and it was almost like the whole world stopped. Every channel that you turned it to that day was covering the royal Wedding. I mean, seriously, people care about these kinds of things. But, but think about it. We were all first exposed to this idea where? In the Bible, right? In God's Word. The story of the Bible is about a prince coming, the prince of peace that came to this world to take his bride, right? Who is the church, and that's you and, and me. And we've talked about that a lot in the past. But Jesus came as a prince Think about what He did. He came to take you and I as His bride out of our spiritual poverty that we uh, were living in to an everlasting kingdom that He has gone to prepare for us. That's what the Prince of Peace has done for us. He came to take us out of our poverty to give us the riches and glory that He has stored for us there. And and this Prince not only came uh, to this earth to once to overcome sin and to battle with sin and death and, and, and to beat it. But he's coming again someday to, to issue the final blow on sin and, and on the death that this world is full of. And so God foretells, this is so awesome, God foretells this 700 years before he sends this helper, before he sends us the Prince of Peace. He gives them 700 years uh, uh, of to, to be prepared. And so this, this morning, it's my prayer that uh, as we take a look at this today, that you will see the Prince of Peace as the Prince of Peace of your life. That you'll see the Prince of Peace as the Prince of your family. You'll see the Prince of Peace as the Prince of Peace to uh, this world. And the reason that this, I believe, is so important for us today and, and a reason that, that we're spending time on it this morning uh, is this. Because here's the deal. We often, if we're honest, we want to be the prince. And, and let me explain. We often want to be the king. We often want to be the one that's ruling. Not just our lives, but everybody else's lives, right? And, and so we often want to be the king and we want to be the ruler of our life. But can I just tell you this morning, the reason that never goes well for you is because that was never the plan. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's plan for you to be the king. It wasn't God's plan for you to sit on the throne and rule the universe. It was His plan that the Prince of Peace would set upon that throne, the throne of, of, of our hearts. And, 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 you know, we have politicians, and I'm not going to mention any this morning, and we have world leaders that have been for years. You can go back in history and look at this. Men and women have come for years and years with one idea, and that's to bring about world peace. They've all come telling us how they want to bring about world peace and how they're going to make it happen. But they've never been able to do it, have they? You know why they had not been able to do it? Because they can't do it. They don't have the power to be able to do it. And it seems to be getting worse every single year uh, that goes by. We seem to be farther from world peace right now uh, than we have ever been. Why is that? Well, I believe that it's because we are looking for peace in all the wrong places and we are looking for peace in all the wrong people. We've we've got our eyes fixed on the wrong things. We've got our eyes fixed on the wrong person. Uh, And so uh, it's good news for us today that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and He is the one with the power to do it because it also says here that He is Mighty God. Almighty God, which means this, He has all power. He is powerful and He can do it. And He can be the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, in church we talk about, uh, I talk about, I pray a lot about, we sing about this, the Kingdom of God. Right? We talk about the Kingdom of God and and, and what does that really mean? mean to us, the kingdom of God? Well, the reason that it's called the kingdom of God is because a kingdom will be under the power and the authority of its leader, right? And so that's why the kingdom of God is important. The kingdom uh, uh, of God is called that because a kingdom will be under the power and the lordship of a king. And it's his kingdom, not yours, It's His kingdom and not mine. That's why we call it the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of Steve. Right? Because that would just sound weird. Right? But at my house, at times, it's the kingdom of Lynette, and that's why we've been happily married for five years. I'm kidding, y'all. If we have visitors, they're like, wow, they won't be married after this. That's how we show love to one another. We just beat each other down. And... uh, Sorry about that, I did that, sound guy. Uh, But it's not our kingdom, it's his kingdom, the kingdom of God being ruled by the Prince of Peace. And I just want to look at this, this morning, the Gospel of John chapter 12, verse 14 and 15. I want to look at this because I think it's important for us to understand today what the Prince of Peace looks like. Who he is, the characteristics uh, of this one Uh, The passage of scripture here that we're looking at Is when Jesus was entering into Jerusalem uh, As the king, as the prince of peace And I want you to look at how he comes this morning John chapter 12 verse 14 says Jesus found a young donkey and he sat on it As it is written Do not be afraid daughter Zion See your king is coming Seated on a donkey's colt and this blew their minds. This blew their minds that this one that they had been told and felt like was the coming Messiah, the king, would enter in such a way. You know, and if we think about it, you know, it blows our minds because that's not how kings and world leaders make an entrance today, is it? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching... Uh, uh, one of the five bush funerals they had. And uh, when, I, when I'm gone, you know, it's okay. Just have one. Okay, just have one. it would be all right. But I was watching as all these important people or what the world would consider important people pull up in these limo, limo after limo after limo and someone opened their door. And, you know, all this pomp and circumstance. You know, and and... We look at how Jesus came and think, what kind of king comes so humbly as this? The Prince of Peace came to this world in a nasty barn. And he was, he was laid in a manger. The Prince of Peace rode in as king on a donkey. What, what kind of king does that today? How many of our world leaders today show this kind of humility Well, none that I can think of that I've seen lately because here's the deal. Not a single one of them is the Prince of Peace. Not a single one. And they can't offer us what the Prince of Peace has to offer. They can make us a lot of promises, but they can never promise what the Prince of Peace has promised us. And I'm not just talking about world peace today. I'm talking about a peace in your heart. I'm talking about a peace uh, in your family that can only come from Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. All right? And, And here's what's exciting. Jesus Christ, He is the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Following Jesus' resurrection after He was killed on a cruel cross for you and for me, He went to a grave for a tomb for three days. He rose again following His resurrection. Right? We read in, in Scripture that then He ascended into heaven. Right, and, and so then we flip over to the book of Revelation and, and we see the revelation uh, of Jesus in, in the book of Revelation. We see Jesus seated uh, on this throne and He's ruling and He's reigning as, as Lord over all creation. The, the revelation of Jesus being on the throne is, is mentioned about 45 times in the book of Revelation. Folks, it's His throne. It's His throne. He is the Prince of Peace that sits on the throne at the right hand of His Father today. But what do we do? What do we do? I mean, it's our nature. We're all honest. Right? What do we do? Well, we often try to shove Him out of that seat, right? We, we often try to move Him off the throne because He don't always do things the way we want Him to do them, or he don't do them in the time frame that we want him to do them. And so we start trying to push him out of the seat, out of the throne, because we want to be ruler of the universe, all right? We want, to, we want to be calling the shots, and so we put ourselves on the throne. And when we are on the throne, can I just tell you this morning, there is never peace. When you are in control, most of the time it ends in chaos, and there is, it will never be peace. We were never created for the throne uh, we, or, or to be the Prince of Peace. So we must understand today, number one, who's that, who that seat is, and it's not ours. All right. But, but what do we do? We often think that something or someone is going to bring us some peace. Something or someone is going to bring us some happiness that we've been missing out on. Something or someone is gonna, uh, my, uh, you know, somehow, some way fix our lives, and so we jump up in the throne, we jump up on the throne, and we start playing ruler and king uh, of all these things. You know, we think I've talked to people before. If you know, I I, I would be so happy if I could just get married. I've been happy for 30 years, honey. But everybody that's married going, yeah, well, you know, it looks a lot better on the outside looking in, right? I mean, does it not? It takes work. It takes work. It's good. God intended for it to be good, but often people think if I could just find the right someone to be married, then my life, all my problems would be fixed, right? Life would be good. Or if we could just have a child. You know, our family would be complete then. And and we could enjoy children and someday grandchildren. If I could just get, you know, that promotion. If I could just get out of this crazy house that I'm living in with these crazy people, right? If I could get out of this bad marriage, then I could find some happiness. Then I could find some peace. And so, what do we do? We do... What we think will fix it. Well, we do what you know we think we need to do, but then what happens? Well, we either don't get what we want, and we're miserable, or we get what we want and figure out that wasn't really it. It still doesn't satisfy. I, I thought this relationship was going to be the fix-all, but... <laughs> It's not. I, I, I thought that this new video game system coming out was going to be the greatest ever. But a year later, it's slow and it's old and there's better coming. right? And, and so, you know, often you know, things look so promising uh, until we get it and take a bite of it and then we find out that it's actually empty. Don't miss this. As we humble ourselves and we understand how desperate we are for God, how desperate we are for Him to be on the throne and not us. It's then and there that we can experience true peace. It's then and there when, when we allow Him to be ruler and we allow Him to be on the throne, can I just tell you, you'll find contentment in that. You'll find contentment in Him being the Lord of your life and the one that's on uh, the throne in your life and in your family and in this world and the awesome thing about that is when he's on the throne I don't have to pretend to be anymore Whew. what a relief because some of us we feel like we got to uh, Everybody ought to think that we got it all together now luckily for you you get to set out there and look good and smell good and all that and look like you got it all together I get up here and you obviously can tell I don't have it all together so I can't even act but you know, we, we, we don't have to pretend anymore. We don't, we don't have to run ourselves ragged trying to do enough, trying to be enough for everybody else. You know, uh, we don't have to chase after happiness. We don't have to keep up some, some image because here's the deal. Salvation is not a reward for how righteous you are. Salvation is a gift to the guilty Huh? And, 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 and we're all guilty. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And our only hope is in Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And, and I just want to say that again this morning because somebody needs to go home with this today. The only hope that you have for peace in your life, the only hope that you have for peace in your family today, and He's calling I was telling somebody yesterday, a girl came up to me after the funeral yesterday, and she apologized for a baby crying. And I said, you know, the weirdest thing about, y'all can tell I'm easily distracted, right? I said, the crazy thing about it is, is a baby crying, I can just get louder because I'm Sonny Thrasher's son. We have this built-in, I can get louder than any of you here, right? Any of your babies, I can get over that. That doesn't really bother me, but when a phone rings, I'm like, Answer it. Go ahead. But I don't know who that is, but I'm embarrassing them so bad right now. So, you know, turn it off or answer it. Either one, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's all good. But you know what? The, the only hope that we have for peace in our life and in our families, there, there's a name for that. There's a name for our hope. And it's the Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus, and I talk to people a lot, and I'm sure you do too, but I encounter people a lot, and even, you know, going back in, into youth ministry, but I talk to people all the time who've lost their hope. That They, they don't really have much hope uh, anymore, and, and I get it. Uh, I, I truly get it. You know, so many people stop hoping because they've been disappointed. They've hoped before, and it didn't help. They got crushed again, or, or they got hurt again, or they failed again, right? And, and so they lose their hope. And so in order not to experience that letdown again, or that discouragement again, they just give up. They give up hope, right? And, and can we just be honest today, when, when we're at the end of our rope, When we're at the end of our hope and things just seem to be falling apart and not going the way we want them to go, there is no season that we could enter into that would make that any worse than Christmas. Right? I mean, it's true. Because, you know, on the surface, Christmas is about what? It's all about, you know, good cheer and good tidings and great joy and and happiness. But if the world's been kicking you in the teeth, All year long, and you get to Christmas, and you're hurting, and you look around and think, this isn't cheerful. You know, I'm not happy. How how can I possibly enjoy a, a season like this when I've been through the year that I've been through? Right, and, and you know maybe some of you you you've lost a a loved one this year. Maybe maybe uh, someone here and you've been trying to get pregnant and you can't get pregnant. Maybe you're here today and you're broke, and Christmas just adds to that stress, does it not? And adds to that debt because you feel like you gotta get everybody a gift. Here we go back here, pretending to be somebody, right? And so we gotta buy everybody a gift. And we run up the credit card knowing that in January there's no way we can make the payment that's coming. Right? I I get it. I I get it. I've been there. All right, I'm facing I'm something new for me this year. I'm facing the first Christmas ever in my life without my dad being there. I've never done that before. I've never experienced that. You know, and to be honest, I'm not really looking forward to it, but it's coming, right? And so I get it. I shared with you a few weeks ago when we dedicated Dan and Tiffany's twins. I shared with you that, you know, there were times, there were years that Lynette and I went through a Christmas thinking we would never have a child to buy gifts for. Right? And then she gets pregnant and then she has a miscarriage. You know, uh, uh, I know it's tough. I know what it feels like. I know what it's like to be entering into this season with pain in your life. Right? I I know what it's like to be going into Christmas and and making minimum wage. Believe it or not, I've had a job that made minimum wage. More than one, actually. And and worked through Christmas and and been, been broke as anybody could possibly be. Right, and, and so I understand that this season can be painful and it can be stressful and that you don't want to have hope because you don't want to be disappointed again. You don't want to be hurt again. But listen, I'm not standing up here today to tell you to trust me. Okay, I'm not standing up here today telling you to trust in any human or what mere humans can do for you. Your hope is in the Lord. It's in the Lord. The name for your hope is the Prince of Peace. And can I just tell you this morning that there's a lot of leaders that come and go in this world and they make promises and don't keep their promises. But the Prince of Peace always keeps his promises. So stop banking on the promises of somebody else. Stop banking on the promises of, uh, of the world and stand on the promises of God. Stand on the prince of peace because in him you have hope, in him listen, you will make it you will be victorious and don't miss this, I think this is so important for us to realize today and I hope you can picture this in your mind, the prince of peace is not only with you, but he is fighting for you he is fighting for you, Jeremiah I love this picture, the lord is with me like a mighty warrior And so when the world comes at you, just go, hey, look who I've got, and we're kicking your tail, right? He is fighting for you. He is fighting with us. And if he is fighting for you, who can defeat you? If he is fighting for you, who can be against you? If he's fighting for you, think about it. It becomes irrelevant if tomorrow brings trouble. If he's fighting on my behalf and he is with me, he is my personal mighty warrior. Mess with me. Huh? <laughs> I mean, I hope all of you go out here today, just bowed up. <laughs> Mess with me, world. I could... The mighty warrior is with us and he's fighting for us. And if he's fighting for you, it doesn't matter what's coming at us tomorrow, if tomorrow brings adversity or if the world comes tr- brings you trouble because Jesus said it's coming. In this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome it. I'm the mighty warrior and I'm fighting for you. Take that. Some of you need to be reminded of that today. He's not only with you today, but he is with you and he is fighting for you. And there's peace in that peace in that. Got some good friends here this morning that experienced that peace yesterday, that can only come from God. When things hurt and things don't add up and things don't go our way, God's doing his work and he's fighting for us. He's with us. There's peace in knowing that we don't have to worry about whether we're going to get a raise or not, folks. There's peace in knowing that we don't have to worry about finding a job. Our hope is not in the things of the world. Our hope is in Him. And the difference between the world's idea of hope, uh, you know, and the Christian's idea of hope, think about it, for the world, what is their hope? For people who don't know Christ, for people who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, what's their hope? Well, it's wishful thinking, Right? I mean, it's just wishful thinking, hoping that something good may happen. But, you know, for uh, the Christian, hope has a name. Huh? It's concrete and it's real. And the name of our hope this morning is the Prince of Peace. And he's fighting for us. And so, listen, folks, this is the miracle of Christmas. Uh, This is the miracle of Christmas. Not only did we get a Savior that we did not deserve, but God wanted us to know and understand 700 years before He came, the total package. And all what was included in that Savior uh, that would come. That unto us a child is born. Unto us, unto you and to me. Right? A son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll carry it, and he will be called the prince of peace, of the greatness of his government, and peace. There will be no end. Don't you want to hang on to a peace this morning that will not end, and will not expire, will not get slow? Right? It's a peace that will not end. And Jesus came and, and he gave his life. Think about what he did. He took the fight and he took the war into his own body. He took it on himself and what does he offer us in return? Not war, but peace. He took the war on himself. He's fighting it for you and for me and to us he gives us peace. Don't worry about the war. I got it. You enjoy some peace. And that's what He wanted us to have. And that's what He wants us to experience. He took our brokenness. And He was broken Himself. Why? So that you and I could be whole. So that you and I could be whole. Jesus was the complete and perfect human that you and I were made to be, but we failed at it. Right? And in an act of pure mercy and love, He offers the perf- His perfect life and peace to all who will, don't miss this, to all who will receive it. He's not just dumping it on you and saying, here you go. It's a gift that we receive. We surrender the throne and we allow him to take it when we receive the gift. And so Jesus, he, 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 you know, he gave his life. His blood was shed for God's glory and our salvation and our peace. Okay, He took on flesh so that we could have peace. He he wore our sin so that we could wear holiness. What kind of prince does that? He lived our poverty so that we could inherit the riches of heaven. He became man. Why? So that we could become sons and daughters of the living God. And the wonder of Christmas is that the cradle is tied to the cross. And it was a cross that we deserved, but he took it for us. He took it for us. Friends, there's a reason that we need a mighty king. There's a reason that we need the prince of peace. It's because we were created for one. See, we were created to be led. We were created to be protected, to be loved, and to be blessed by a king. The problem with being king for ourselves is that we cannot do what the king of kings and the Lord of lords can do. And I don't think there's any better way to close out this message today than going back to the beginning of the chapter, Isaiah chapter 9. And I know for some of you it's been a hard road. I know for some of you that things look bleak right now. Turn on the news and our world is in a mess. Listen to the prophecy because it won't be this way forever. Listen to the word of the Lord. Nevertheless, There will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. (laughs) That's a promise that was made 700 years before Jesus came to you and to me. There's a time coming when there will be no more gloom for those who have trouble and problems. In the past, he humbled the land. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This is a prophecy of what's to come. They've seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and you have increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. You ever felt like you've just been carrying a yoke and you can't get away from it? The promise is that yoke will be shattered. Okay? The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor that seems to be beating them over and over again. The promise is that will be broken. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. It will just be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government, it will be on His shoulders, not on ours. It will be on His shoulders and He will be called the Wonderful Counselor. He will be called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end to that. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and with righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is a promise. Period, at the end of that sentence. He will accomplish this. It will be done. This is our promise, folks. The, the, the world will make you a lot of promises. They won't keep very many of them at all. And I've shared with you before, there's, there's over 8,100 promises in God's Word that He will keep. And these are some of them that we find right here. This is our promise. This promise is our hope. It's in no one else, and it's in nothing else. This is our hope. And there's a name for our hope. And His name is Jesus. And this morning, as we close together, we want to close with a time of prayer. I want to open these altars to you. And maybe this morning, you just need to come and thank God that He is standing beside you, and He is fighting for you. The mighty warrior is with you, and He is fighting that war on your behalf. And you just want to come and thank him today for doing that and and come to this altar today. Maybe there's something that you need to bring to him. Maybe there's a war. Maybe there's a fight that's been going on in your life or in your situation, and you just want to come and bring it to him and say, here it is, fight it, fight it. I need some peace in my life. I need some peace in my family. I need some peace in my situation. I'm not going to stand up here and ask all morning, so we're about to pray. So if you need to come, just come. Just come. You know what God's speaking to you about. If you need to come to these altars this morning, we want to join you in prayer. Our God is good, and He is faithful, and we are blessed to be able to approach His throne and bring Him our needs, our cares, and our concerns today. So I invite you to come if you want to come and pray. God, today has been an awesome reminder from Your Word about how much You love us, how much You cared for us. Your plan for us, Your plan for our lives, Your plan for our families. God, it's not to be a struggle. It's to be peace. And we can't achieve that. We can't buy that. We can't marry into that. We can't birth that this is a peace that you knew could only come from you could only come from you being on the throne and so today some of us just need to get down off the throne and allow you to take your rightful place and be the prince of peace of our life the prince of peace of the situation the prince of peace of the pain And God, there's a lot of people right here in this room this morning in this church that are going through some tough stuff, some difficult stuff. You never promised us following you was going to be easy. That promise is not in there. You just promised us that you would be with us. You'd never leave us. You'd never forsake us. And the reminder today that you're fighting for us. So I continue to pray for the Iberg family this morning and lift them up. Their world's been rocked this week. But God, I just pray that you would continue to show them today and in the days ahead that you're the Prince of Peace and you're fighting for them. You helped them through yesterday, you're going to help them through today, and you'll help them through tomorrow. But we continue to lift them to you and pray that you'd help them and comfort them. Now God, I just thank you so much this week. Is, uh, I thank Elisa Brown and She's in a hospital room right now, but you've gone above and beyond doing what we've prayed and asked you to do. And so, God, we give you the glory. We thank you for a very successful surgery that she had. And, God, I just continue to pray for her recovery. Be with her and David as uh, they go through these days, that you give them strength and rest and help that they need. So many in our church going through difficult situations. I left them to you. It's a privilege and an honor to bring them to the throne room of the king and lay them down there. You promised that we didn't have to carry it, that you'd carry it for us. And so, God, I pray that you would be exactly what they need in their situation and help them through. God, I just want to thank you again today for the people of this church. They get it. I see time and time again. So often I feel like I'm preaching to people that, that, that get it anyway. And God, I thank you for what you're doing in our church and in the families' lives of our church and how you're blessing us. But God, we can't get comfortable in that. We can't rest in that, what you've done, because you want to do more. You want to do even greater things. And so we want to be available to, to, to be used. We want to be obedient to make disciples, not just in the community, but like some of these that are, are, are planning to go to Belize here in a few months, that, that we'd be willing to go anywhere in the world you call us to go to make disciples. And so God, just help us to stay focused on the main thing, and the main thing is teaching people about you and sharing you. And so that's, that's our desire. God, today we just again want to tell you how much we love you. We've been reminded today beautifully of how much you love us. And we love you and we thank you for caring for us the way you do and the way that you take care of us. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray and ask these things. Amen. Don't forget, sign up for the Wednesday night meal. Stop by and visit the bake sale table out there and help those people that are going to do some mission work. God bless you.